Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required. You have turned into Remote Control's latest episode. Listen in as the GCRN crew talks TV from 2000 to now. With pilot and season premiere episodes, finishing finales, and season passes as well. Now get ready to change the channel with your remote control as we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of television. All from the GeekCast Radio Network. We are all remote controlled. Jack! Back in the 80s, before Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Ooh, happy birthday! What do you want for breakfast? Privacy! Please. Don't forget to wash your bottom. My family had only one way to communicate. <laughs> At the top of our lungs. I'm home! My dad. TV's mine! My mom. Dinner! My sister Erica. I don't want me to creep your face, Mom! My brother Barry. It's Shelly. It's keys. Keys means car. Car means freedom from all you monsters. I love you, Mom. What the hell is this? It's a locket. It's got my picture inside, so you can always have your mother near your heart. I wasn't just a member of the family. You! Erica, Barry, what's your name? I was the kid who captured it all on the magic of videotape. I got you something, and I think you're gonna like it. Audio Speedwagon? This is top 40. I talked to the guy at Sam Goody. He said it was a hip track. Well, did you talk to Sam Goody himself? You weren't there, okay? The guy had an earring, he had a jean jacket, covered in buttons. Covered! You're killing your father. I hope you're having a happy birthday. Come on, this is not fair. Who the hell told you life was fair, you moron? Dad's colorful way of speaking may seem a bit harsh, but it really wasn't. You just had to learn how to speak Murray. It's 2 a.m. I thought you were dead. I could kill you. You broke it. It's amazing. You little bastards ruined everything. That's my grandpa. I hear someone turned 16 and could use a new car. Holy crap, for me? Not gonna happen, Dad. We've decided Barry can't drive. The only one who understands me is Flavor Flav. Who runs like that? Perhaps you okay? So who wants nuggets? Your mind is not what it used to be. You can't boss me around. You lose your keys, Barry gets some keys. It's the circle of driving. Does this mean I can drive? No! Yes! Hun, I said Barry was not ready and you agreed. In my defense, I wasn't listening. You're riding the brake. Let him pass. Who? The guy on the moped. Get up. I'm taking the... No! You said it was my turn. Circle of driving. Open up. No. Open up. No. 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 Guys, please stop fighting. Okay, we're rolling. Go, go, go. Oh, come on. Not REO Speedwagon. Seriously? Hey, this is good stuff. What started out as friendships getting stronger. Come on. Here we go. Join me. I can't stop this feeling anymore. Look at you! If you take away my car, you take away my time with my grandson. Getting waffles with that little guy, it's the best part of my week. You know, I, I don't say it a lot, but... You're not a total moron all the time. Those are kids' baby blankets? Sometimes I smell them when I feel sad. That's not weird, is it? Well, a little weird. My world is caving in. They're growing up and don't need me as much. What do I have? Me. 
I'm not going anywhere. All right, let me have a, a sniff. Coming to ABC. You're invited back to a golden era. With the Goldbergs. I raised a moron. After a year and change, we finally found the remote. It was stuck between the couch cushions of all places. So it's time, once again, to grab that remote control because this is GCRN's brand new Kinda TV podcast, Remote Control. I am, of course, TF2 and Mike. Joining me for the first time in this show and the first time in a long time in the GeekCaster Hour is Art Danner. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantastic, and I'm happy to be here. That's good. For those of you who may remember, Art was uh, one in four on uh, Off the Cuff and uh, Geek Stuff Garage Cast. I almost called it Geek Stuff Garage Sale, but that's the sale, not the cast. <laughs> Trust me, I get it confused too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here, we're back, and we're doing. Remote Control is going to be changing. I'm going to be putting out episodes kind of sporadically, but we're not. Um, one of the reasons why the podcast stopped was because I can't keep up with a ongoing television season. <laughs> I can't. The, okay, 2016, 2017 television season that's coming up. There's so much to catch up on. There's so much to do this. What we used to do is we used to do pilot premieres and, and then um, um, finishing finales, which basically... The pilot premiere, we would take one show, whatever it is, we would talk about that show. It's ba It was basically for new shows, any new shows in that year. And we would talk about the pilot. And at the end of it, we would say something along the lines of, okay, well, we may or may not have a finishing finale about this, depending on if we stick with it. And then later, as the, as the summer came for that year, what we would do is we would actually, if we had stayed with the show, we would do a finishing finale. And it's not just talking about the finale of that show season. It's talking about the show overall for the season, if we had watched it. And I, I just, I can't keep up with all that. So I'm just going to keep it very, very simple. We're going to be doing season passes. Uh, we're going to be doing episodes on, uh, we're going to have uh, what what we're watching kind of episodes as well. We're, we are going to do a, probably a fall premiere episode just to hit all the fall premiere stuff. Uh, that might be a crossover with Altered Geek, but I don't know. So anyway, we're here tonight to talk about ABC's The Goldbergs. Now for me, I was one of these people where I saw this and I just, I was like, okay, it's a show. But I was watching too many other things at the time. I was watching too many other things at the time to really get into it. And then it's one of those things where if everybody's talking about it, it makes me go the other way. It's like, okay, I'll find it on my own. I'll get to it on my own. So how did you, when, when, when you first heard about this show, when you first saw something about this show, before it premiered, what were your initial thoughts? I, I was going to say, I, I saw some of the previews, and I almost want to say that there's something on directly before Goldberg's that I initially sat down to watch and I just mm -hmm. kind of happened into the Goldberg's mm -hmm. from the first episode. And it, and it was one of those, I didn't really specifically, I think it was one of those years where it was like, you know what? I'm going to try most of the new stuff that's coming out just to watch a first episode. And I think mm -hmm. out of that particular season, this was one of the shows that I came across and it, it hit on a personal level from the get go. And I think that's why I stuck with it. And it, for me, it was unlike you, sir, I kind of live in a hole where I'm not really uh, directly in social media all 24 seven. And I don't <laughs> really know what's hitting on, you know, what's super popular with people. I just know what, I enjoy and if it's something I enjoy I'll stick with it and for me it was just one of those shows that week after week it was one of the few shows that 
I, I would specifically be like, hey, I'm home at this time and I'll sit down and I'll watch it. It's not one of those that would bank on my DVR like I usually would with most shows. And right. and uh, it was a show that I just I, I really just looked forward to getting with the characters every single week. And I can't say that there's many shows that are on right now that I have like that kind of sediment for. I don't think there's characters that I enjoy checking in on week by week that like I'm excited when a new episode comes out and this is just seems to be one of those shows that I'm I'm enjoying watching the characters grow or un in Barry's case not grow from week to week. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's just I think it's just like all the characters are just it's the dynamic and the the oddness with every single one of the characters and and profoundly for me Beverly is like my mom. It is. It <laughs> freaks me out, and I think that's one of the things that that I can relate way too much <laughs> to what's going on. I was like, I had that mother when I was growing up. I still have that mother. So, um, I think that was the thing for me. Was I just like there's so many connections and the pop culture references to things in the eighties that I was like, oh my god, I was, I was, you know. Adam Goldberg very much on many levels when I was growing up. Yeah. To set the stage, uh, it debuted in 2013 on ABC. It's a 30-minute show. Uh, three seasons so far, 71 total episodes so far. And for those of you who don't know, who have been living under the couch cushions stuck next to the bag of chips, The Goldbergs is set in the 1980s in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. The show is loosely based on the showrunner's own childhood, Adam F. Goldberg, during which he videotaped events, many of which are reenacted throughout the program. It shows the reality of the 80s from a young boy's eyes and gives an inspiring look into four aspiring writers. Uh, For me, watching this season, because I basically marathoned this on, on Hulu+, Plus, I... I'm like, okay, I need to watch as much of it as I can to get through the first season so we could actually do the podcast. <laughs> and I didn't really have the idea to do the podcast until, like, I don't know, episode 19 of season one. <laughs> you know, but it's like, okay, if I'm going to really stick with this, i got to have a reason to be watching this. I can't just sit, be sitting here wasting my time watching this TV show. And that's what all of a sudden I get a message on Messenger. It goes, hey, Art, you want to <laughs> do an episode on, on Goldberg? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. Um because I've, I've done this before where I will take this time where I could be doing anything else. I could be doing podcast editing. I could be recording other stuff where I will sit down and try to watch a show. And for me, I have to marathon shows. And when I marathon shows, I mean diehard marathon. Like, I watched, sadly and regrettably, <laughs> and I'm sorry. This is, this is, here's where the unpopular opinion comes in here, folks. And I'm sorry if you disagree Personally, I don't care if you disagree, but my mom and I sat through, before she passed away, all five seasons of Breaking Bad, and I never wanted to watch AMC shows ever again after watching that crap. Aw, <laughs> uh, I like that show. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that show, and I get the writing of that show is meant to be slow and drawn out and everything else, but just there was just too many things about that show, and maybe we could do a podcast down the line on that, whatever, but it's just... I, I, I've just come to realize that if I'm going to sit here and watch an entire season or multiple seasons of a show, I have to have a purpose of doing it. I can't just sit here and waste the time to do it. Um, it's okay. I, I got the same way with Once Upon a Time, which I believe is another show that's insanely popular with people. But the moment they oh, yeah. got to, uh, I think it was what season started season three when they started the Neverland stuff. Yeah. I made it two episodes in and I was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. I've tried. It was one of those shows that I tried like hell to love that show. And I just could not get into it. It's, it's for me, it's one of those things where if I try a show and I lose interest by the third or fourth or fifth episode, I don't immediately dislike, I don't dislike the show. I just, I can ignore it and never go back to it. I just uh-huh. I think my biggest problem with that show was the fact that I just couldn't find anything to connect with or anything that like I was interested in about it. So you had to let it go. But for some reason I still watch Agents of Shield and I feel the same way about that. Oh my so god. I, I I know. I 
Most people have given up on that show, and I've watched every episode, and to this day, I don't know why. That's, I have that's no another, idea. That's another one eventually when when I have more time, I will go back to. But I gave that epi- I gave that show five episodes of season one, and by the fifth episode, I wanted to rip my eyeballs out I keep of hoping season one. For something cool to happen, and I was gonna say the one redeeming quality about that show is the moment the Captain America Winter Soldier happened in in relation to the show, and the mm-hmm. the twist of there's people in Hydra inside a shield happened. That show got really really cool for about six episodes, but we had <laughs> to get through all the. That's my biggest complaint about that show. And there's so much garbage to wade through, and the last six episodes of every season are really solid. But you have so you wade through a pool of shit in order to get to the good stuff, and it's oh man. All I'm hoping is next season with introducing of Ghost Rider. I'm I'm hoping something good happens, but I feel uh, I feel like that's the the uh, that that has been my entire theme with that TV show is. Something good has to happen eventually, and it just... Yeah, exactly. It's always massively disappointing. All right, so the Goldbergs. We have, to talk about the cast really quickly, we have Wendy McClendon-Covey as Beverly Goldberg, who is the overprotective matriarch of the Goldbergs. She frequently injects herself into her children's lives, often to their embarrassment, and is supremely confident in their abilities. And yeah, I've... Uh, I said to Art Off-Air, more so looking at the Wikipedia descriptions of the episodes of Season 1, I find I'm more connected to reading the descriptions than actually when I was watching the show. Because I've seen the show now, like, you know, some of the uh, show titles, like Call Me When You Get There, or, uh, you know, uh, It's For Your Own Good... Uh, the other smother and that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see where they're coming from and I can kind of get it. I think the one episode that I absolutely, where I really kind of loathe the show in season one is where Barry tried to use the touch as his karate theme song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You do not exploit Stan Bush like that. Damn it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so Beverly is the mom. Uh, I, I like her. I like her as an actress. I think she's. It's, I think it's the first. It might be the only first thing I've seen her in. But I mean, I've, I, I like her and as this role, and she is a very unique character. And she, she. I mean, she was fantastic. In uh, I was going to say, most people pro- primarily know her from Reno Nine One One, and she is just like her. Her and uh, Murray's relationship on that show just like the all the adult characters in this show are just fantastic. They're like little the the bookends of the show, and all the kids are like the craziness in between. But they're the solid rocks that are constant throughout the show. And her character is just like I said, reminds me of my mom, and it's just that super overbearing. I love you no matter what. And damn it, nobody's gonna cross my kids, and nobody yeah. like I will, I will tear down walls and I will destroy people to make sure my children are happy. Um, and it's I grew up with that mother, so like I totally get that character, and it just freaks me out sometimes when I'm watching it of how much I relate and I know that person um in my life and i just oh man there's there's point points in that show where there's scenes that just like literally make the hair on the back of my my neck stand up because i was like ooh i've i've experienced that with my mom before or <laughs> just there's just ah and it's oh man and the sweaters i yeah. i love those sweaters they, yeah <laughs> oh, God, sweaters those super horrible 80 sweaters so many sweaters, so little time. And then we have uh, Sean Giambrone as Adam himself. Uh, I like this kid. Oh, yeah. I think he's a good version of Adam. And what's funny is how they inter- intercut Adam's home movies at the end of the episodes where Adam looks nothing like the kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, 
I know that they you normally will try to cast as as if you're doing something that's semi autobiographical, they'll somehow cast sort of similar to the real thing. This is, I mean, yes, his attitude is there, but his look, oh, Sean's look, is is nowhere near what Adam actually looked like as a kid. It's oh, hilarious, but I, I love him as Adam. I, I think that was hilarious, and yeah, I, I do relate to him a little bit. Where I don't relate to a lot of the the show characters outside of the mom, dad, and Adam is the brother and sister, because I was an only child, oh, and as was I. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I had cousins. I you know, I've got cousins and that kind of stuff. So I guess that's similar. But uh, the the older brother, younger sister, or older brother older sister thing i just couldn't really relate to it when i'm watching this i'm like oh my god that barry kid just oh god that character i know he's meant to be annoying but does he have to be that annoying oh it's fantastic i love how annoying he is and he only gets better throughout the show um I was going to say, I don't, and because of the fact that I only went through some of the stuff, and it's been so long since I've seen season mm-hmm. one, was there a lot of, did they introduce his friends very much in this, his three friends in, in the first season? Uh, Adam's, you mean? Or... No, um, Barry's friends. Barry's? No, I don't remember okay. that. Um, that is a treat within itself in season two. Um, okay. It's one of those things that 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 as much as you find Barry annoying, there's a reward for how annoying <laughs> he is in season two. <laughs> so, this bear with it, I swear. There's it's the, when, yeah. when they introduce the JTP. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the, the kid that plays Adam Goldberg is just fantastic on the show, and it's just like that. There's that unquenchable just honesty and enthusiasm that he always has Mm -hmm. that that it just really translates well into the show just like the the i'm super excited for everything all the time and it's just you know with some of those with some kid actors they don't you know emote that well and comedy can be hard for for kid actors and just like the He's almost like a caricature of a kid most of the time, which it's just right. that enthusiasm he has is just fantastic. Yeah, the enthusiasm is fantastic, but there were just a couple of scenes, and I can't, I don't remember the exact ones, but there were just a couple of times where his antics just made me just want to walk up to him and just backhand him so hard. I mean, that kid oh, yeah. just. I don't know. Uh, and then we have uh, Haley Orentia as Erica, the the sister, which she has her whole own thing. Uh, I, I like the character. She's fun. She's funny. Uh, we've also got her best friend, uh, played by AJ. I can't even pronounce that last name. Lane Lewis is the character name. Uh, so the, you got the two of them going around having antics and what I like about the three kids is how each of them approaches dealing with their parents <laughs> and how on, in certain episodes in season one, they will all unite to help each other out, which half the time that doesn't happen. Cause obviously they're, they're, they're siblings. They're always going to fight. Um, but when they do unite to, to, to fight a common foe, to quote Transformers, um, you know, it, it's always so fun. George Siegel as Pops, this guy's hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> Pops is great on this show. Yeah, he he's like that. Uh, not always there, but comes in just to get a good joke in, and then is kind of mm-hmm. rides off into the sunset. Um, and he's just and. I was going to say the the one thing that I do I do really like about the dynamic between him and Adam is the fact that Pops is kind of like an adult throughout the entire show but for some reason when he's around Adam he's just like another one of the kids a lot of the mm. times and it's just that that interesting dynamic where Adam's best friend is his grandfather which for me is 
not relatable. I never grew up with a grandfather, so I didn't really have that dynamic in my life, but I always thought that, like, that dynamic in the show has always been kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, when I really, you know, try to turn the cranks in my brain to get my brain working, I remember my grandfather and I, um, my grandpa on my mom's side, uh, he, um, he loved to garden, and I, I remember always being out there in the garden with him, uh, picking corn and, and cucumbers and tomatoes and all that kind of stuff. And we, we had some fun times, but, you know, it wasn't as as fun as what uh, what Pops and Adam have. <laughs> You're not going to the diner and cruising for chicks? No. So. Well, my, my grandparents are still married, so no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and then, of course, Jeff Garland as... Murray Goldberg. And the first thing I thought of, where have I seen that name before? Where have I seen that name before? And I heard his voice. I'm like, oh my god, it's Buttercup from Toy Story 3. It's the horse from... <laughs> Anytime you can make a Pixar reference, folks. Oh, yeah. And oh, the, Murray's just... And I think Murray's like... Uh, I want to say he's almost like the Red Foreman of this... Of this generation of TV shows. Yeah. He's just has that same kind of charisma that Red had in that 70s show. And it's just that same, like the, I think it was in the first or the second episode where they do the uh, Murray translation for how he uh, talks to the kids. Yeah, Daddy Daughter Day. Yeah, yeah. the Daddy Daughter Day episode. And just, yeah. like, just the. You really are. You're not as dumb as you look. That means a great mm. job. And just stuff like that, like just that constant berating father that's always just kind of grumpy, always has never has a fully positive thing to say to anybody, but just has these fantastic moments throughout the show where he just totally breaks out of that character and finally goes okay i'll be the good dad and i'm sorry <laughs> for you and then it always blows up in his face and he was always better off probably being the grumpy father so it's yeah. he tries but he ultimately realizes in the end that he probably should have never have tried especially when it comes to barry <laughs> yeah that kid's a lost cause yes. uh a funny thing about murray and jeff garland playing the the character of murray is Watching back those, like I said, at the end of every episode, for those who have never seen the show, they intersperse Adam's actual home movies at the very end where he does a dedication to certain people. And I gotta say, out of all of the core family, Murray and Beverly are the two that are so much closely cast to the real thing. Well, and then Erica is, Adam had two older brothers. So, right. and for the sake of the show to make it a little more interesting dynamic, they cast his, his older brother became his older sister in the series. Yeah. So, and I, and I think that just kind of, you know, if it was three brothers, it may have lost some of those dynamics and those awkward situations that they're able to put in there with Erica being there. So, I mean, yeah. I get why creatively they took, made that change. And I, I, I think it, it works a little better to shake up the dynamic a little bit and give them more I mean, to talk about it would yeah absolutely and it's not like they could have added you know if they had the, if they had the three boys it's not like they could have added the three girls and have just a whole giant bunch of them oh yeah <laughs> marcia 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 <laughs> the brady bunch yeah. that show oh <laughs> god that show um but i was gonna say the the one thing for me that i which has constantly been like an evolution through the series. And it's one of the things that most TV shows do is that there's little secondary characters that are spread out throughout the first season that are really enjoyable. And then throughout the series, they start to take bigger roles. Like Lainey's very sporadic throughout the first season. You don't see her a whole lot where she becomes a regular cast member in the next season. You start seeing a lot more of her and the, uh, the uh, school gym teacher also starts to have bigger role throughout it. And you see the principal more and there's, there's small characters you get little tidbits of. And then the, um, 
Murray's uh, brother that shows up in the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. It has become a running theme that he always shows up for the Thanksgiving episode every year now. And it always is more over the top and more crazy. Yeah, that was the one one of the episodes that I really enjoyed was the Thanksgiving episode. That was so cool. I thought that was really fun. Because, you know, like I said, watching this on Hulu, I didn't always catch the episode title unless I just scrolled over and saw it. Because uh, Hulu shows it, but it doesn't actually show on the actual show credits. But just looking at some of these titles, as I said earlier, remind like like uh, call me when you get there. Whose parents? A- anybody's family? Who who did not have that rule? Call me when you get there. You know, it's like if you're going two houses down to your best friend, it doesn't matter if it's only two houses down. You better call your mother or you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's one of those things that it's, you know, it's something that translates to us older generation, um, where the newer yes. generation are just going to have, you know, a GPS chip lodged directly. Into the <laughs> and, uh, we'll be able to track their every movements. Mm. I'm planning on having all of my kids lojacked at one point in time, so... Oh, come on now. <laughs> hey, you got to know where they're at. You got to know where your property's at. <laughs> what are you going to do, buy and sell them? I don't think that it works that way. <laughs> eh, we'll get a little barcode on them. We'll be fine. Oh. Scan them in and scan them out every single time they uh, come into the house. Turn them all into hitmen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Agent 47. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, and... Episodes like The Cremps with meeting the new neighbors and that kind of thing. And I I remember this specifically when we moved from, I was born in Massachusetts, lived up there until I was 13. So from 1980 to 1993, I was in Massachusetts. And somewhere around 87, 88, my uncle, my three uncles and my grandfather built us a house. Up until that point, we had been living in a duplex apartment in the sky. And, uh... I didn't want to move at all. Didn't even care. Because where we were moving, it was like where we lived, it was right at the fork of an intersection where there was a gas station, there was a little restaurant across the street, and there was an ice cream shop and a pizza shop behind the 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 convenience store thing. And so it was always very convenient and very small city-like. Where we were moving was pretty much all residential, like no, no, it just, I'm like, no, don't want to. Eventually I got used to it, but my na- our neighbors were just so whacked out. So seeing the Cremps episode, I'm like, wow. And th- this is where Beverly really does shine in this. In, in, he, she shines in all the episodes, but in this specific, specific episode, where she shines is her, um, her friendship relationship with Mrs. Kremp trying to one up her with the power walking and all that. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that constant. Yeah. One upsmanship and just the, yeah, this, the more and more ridiculous it got. And it's, it's just the quirkiness of some of the secondary characters and the relationships with them. And just the dynamics that they tell in the stories are just, uh, God, fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Uh, the shopping episode, this is the one where Erica has a new job at Gimbel's, <laughs> and apparently it's being jeopardized because Beverly wants to take advantage of her employee discount. I don't remember too many family members that had job. I don't, I don't really remember. Because my family was all in construction and carpentry and, and all that kind of stuff, so I don't really remember having too much of, of that. My mom and my aunt at one point worked for a store called uh the hell is that oh god what is that store called it was it was a sewing craft store thing up north i think it was sophisticated it was sew fistic i don't know (laughs) that's what it was sophisticated fabrics sew uh fisticated and then fabrics but uh But yeah, the shopping episode was hilarious because I've known moms like that. I've known women like that that do that. I've seen that kind of stuff. But um, and then there's uh, the other smother who 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 has not had their mother smother them. I mean, that's that's just their job, right? I was gonna say specifically as as two only children, I would say that there's yeah. yeah. 
I, we we know smothering more more than most people yeah, do. Pretty much. <laughs> well, really, for me, where where it came into play was when I got older, um, and it was more from my grandmother than my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother, like I would walk outside her house to sit on the lawn or something, and I'd sit out there for fifteen twenty minutes. Come back in. Where'd you go? Why didn't you tell me where you went? You could have been killed. You could have been like, give me a break. I was just outside. You could have looked out the window. Yeah, the the whole smothering thing was, oh, God. Just nightmarish. So, so nightmarish. Okay, what else do we got? Um, Lame Gretzky was the hockey episode of season one. It's hilarious. Um, I do not remember the president's fitness test. Oh, I remember. I remember having to do that in school. That was like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, I remember the episode, but I'm saying specifically the what the episode's on. The president's fit. I do not remember the president's fit. I do not remember having to do that in school. I'm sure I did. Oh, I re- I totally remember the president's fitness test. It was a. Uh... It was one of those days where the the gym teacher super, super hyped it up and you super, super dreaded it because you know they were going to make you do pull-ups and you knew that you were going to embarrass yourself in front of the entire class. Uh, and it happened every single damn time. Oh, God. I I hated the I dreaded the, the, the president's fitness test. <laughs> oh, I, I had no upper body strength in school, so... As much as I adore Ronald Reagan, that was one of the worst things of his regime. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Age of Darkness. This was the second. This is the penultimate episode of the season where uh, Drew uh, Drew Primp dumps Erica, um, and also with Adam and Barry, they've got uh, uh, or not. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Adam and Barry, they get obsessed with. Uh, the new game at the arcade called Punch Out. Hmm. <laughs> That's a that game sounds vaguely familiar. Huh. Wasn't Tyson in that thing? I think, or was it Avenger Holyfield? I can't remember. It was Tyson. I don't know. I know. Oh, it was Tyson. And unfortunately, uh, there's no cameo made by Evander Holyfield's ear, though. Um, yeah. Well, this is. Punch Out was way before the ear thing. Oh, super way before the ear thing. It was to the to the point yeah. where. They could only call it Punch Out on the show because the Mike Tyson's Punch Out uh, theoretically doesn't exist because of licensing things. And when Tyson kind of be became uh, unfavorable for a while in the public eye, they uh, yeah. ripped him out of the game. So, uh, yeah. Punch Out, good old Punch Out. Then there was the episode earlier in the season where. Barry and uh, and Adam have a bonding experience over finding a. Uh, this is uh, why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> Episode four. <laughs> they, they accidentally discover a secret scrambled porn channel on TV. I still think it's got my favorite line from season one, which is, "I was daydreaming in class today, and it was scrambled." <laughs> all they were doing was watching scramble the. In- entire time and then he convinces his brother that the it's uh barry convinces adam that he should climb up on the uh the roof and stick a pair of tweezers into the the uh cable input up on the roof and uh and because one of his buddies in school did it it totally unscrambled everything and then and then i love adam's back and forth of the whole uh well why should i do it well because you got small dainty little fingers you're speaking a lot of sense (laughs) <laughs> I, I love it when stupid ideas just flow out of Barry and then Adam's just like, yeah, 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 we should do yeah. that. Yeah, I that that whole episode with the scrambled channel and, and climbing up on the roof and everything else, that does remind me of various things that my cousins and I would dare each other to do as kids. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I do connect with the show a little bit. I had said before that I didn't really, and it's more so my 
my apprehension to how well they're going to treat the various things. Like they, you know, they put in a shot of Knight Rider, which is fine. It's just one little screenshot. They use the touch, whatever. And most of it is pulled off well. And, you know, I'm coming around to the show. I'm sure once season two and season three, once I watch those, I'll enjoy it a little bit more. But this first season, because it was the first time I watched it and I watched it pretty much from episode one to episode 22, it was kind of rough for me, but looking back on it and thinking back on it and looking back at some of these episodes again, just kind of thinking about it, it's not as, I don't want to say it's bad, but it wasn't as, what's the word I'm looking for, for here? Wasn't as antiquated as I thought it was going to be. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the... It wasn't as anticlimactic as I thought it was going to be either. I, I just, I don't know. I just thought that they were just taking, I mean, I, I know it's from Adam F. Goldberg and it's based on his childhood, loosely based on his childhood, but most television shows, especially on the big networks, they will essentially crucify and make fun of the 80s because oh, that's yeah. what and, most TV stations do. And for me, it's one of those because it's the fact that it's a, I think, it's an homage to Adam's childhood and he's the showrunner and it's basically the things that he loved and growing up in the eighties. It's more of a constant love letter to the eighties. I mean, it's not one of those things that it sits around and like bashes it or makes fun of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It pokes fun out of it, but it pokes fun at it in a way that we're like, for those of us that have lived through it, we're like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought about it too. Um, <laughs> looking back at it, and it's what it's. it's that's the, I think the one thing that I, I like about it is it doesn't treat it as this giant, ha ha! Look how stupid this was back in the eighties. Yeah, it, this isn't as you said. It's more of a love letter to the eighties. This is not uh, that eighties show. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, that 70s show where it's constantly, you know, tongue-in-cheek poking fun of the, hey, hey, this is the 70s. It's just, this is a story about a family that just happens to take place in the 80s, and there's just this massive embrace of the pop culture of that time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that, I mean, for me specifically... Like, I grew up in a movie theater in the 80s. I mean, that's what we did as a family. We always went to the movies. And the fact that this just plays off of 80s movies so much. Oh, yeah. So much. So many 80s movie references. Tron. Oh, yeah. Tron, Goonies, Ghostbusters. And again, some of the some of the episode titles, Who Are You Gonna Telephone?, I mean, come on. That's that's a cross-reference between <laughs> Who You Gonna Call and the Lady Gaga song. Yeah. Tell <laughs> Well, and then the, the, the Goldbergs never say die. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, the more, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm liking it, the more I, I'm interested to see more of season two and see what happens there. So I'll start season two eventually. Um, what would you on a zero to five star scale? What would you rate season one? To me, season one is a, and I thought long and hard about this. Season one's a three point five for me. It's mm-hmm. it's good, but I I think the series gets stronger in its later series. I think the the and especially going back, kind of revisiting the first couple of episodes, like. Mm-hmm. It feels it's really trying to flush out the main characters and kind of give you a good feel before it really kind of jumps off the deep end like mid-season because I feel Mm. like that's how the series began is it was the first half of the season before the the winter break it was kind Mm. of you know here's the characters this is kind of the feel of the the thing and then after the the mid-season it kind of started getting a little goofier and getting a little more out there and it just continues that like it became more about the family and a little bit about the pop culture of the 80s and slowly it makes that transition where it becomes okay you know who these characters are this is just 
kind of about pop culture of the 80s and it gets a little heavier into pop culture in the later seasons and i think it because it embraces that a little more full-heartedly i think the show becomes stronger but i think season one is a 3.5 to me yeah and i'm probably gonna agree with you 3.5 for me as well initially i was really wanting to hate on this show because i just no it's just (laughs) I, I, i said on twitter and facebook that that I just couldn't relate to this family because they are the quintessential nucleus family, mother, father, brother, sister, that kind of thing. And I did not have that. I grew up in a house of divorced parents. My parents divorced when I was two. Yes, my dad was around, but I saw him maybe once a week versus, you know, every single day. You know what I mean, and and that's you know, and that, that's why I kind of felt a disconnect at first. Uh, again, you know, thankfully, my dad was not like Murray at all, because I, it, I just can't. The whole my dad comes home, takes his pants off, sits in his chair. I'm like, no, God. With those yeah, <laughs> and, and we should mention before we get out of here and all that good stuff, we should mention that the opening, the the overall narration for the series, originally, because I didn't know until I looked it up. Originally, I thought it was Adam himself oh, narrating. No, but it's, it's it's Mr. Patton Oswalt. Yeah, it's Mr. Patton Oswalt, and I'm like, that's just genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's just genius. <laughs> What I'm waiting for, because they did a Goonies episode, I'm waiting for, hopefully in season two or three, that they have a Gremlins episode. That'll really get me. That'll really be like, oh, wow. (laughs) I don't think they've done Gremlins yet. Shame on them. Well, I was going to say, they're they're tearing through the 80s pretty quick throughout these these episodes. It's got to be a, uh, maybe it'll be a season four thing. All right, well, let me ask you this. You said that they're tearing through the show, the 80s fairly easily. How long do you think this show can last? I mean, how many adventures do you think he can whip up? To me, this, like, it seems like one of those shows that I think it'll, it'll, it could get a solid five seasons out of it before it starts mm-hmm. to feel cumbersome. Because I'm, I'm interested, because I think... Is Erica going? I think Erica's going to college in season four. Like, it's this. I think the show's going to have a hard time maintaining the dynamic that it has the moment the older two siblings are kind of off to college. Unless they find a way to keep them in. And there's no way this show can survive out if Adam gets into high school and starts going to transition to college. Like it can't last past that. So, but this is one of those shows. I don't, I don't think it's going to be an eight season. This isn't going to be modern family. This is not going to be on the air for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think unless they can continue to keep it fresh and keep it entertaining, I, I don't think it's got a whole lot of, life left in it but like i said every single time a season gets done i'm constantly like is this gonna get renewed or <laughs> i'm just i'm like I, i'm constantly waiting at the end of every season to see like is this when they're gonna pull the plug or um but i mean it's oh god there's a beautiful beautiful episode when you get to season three that i really don't even want to Okay. go into because i mean we're talking season one here but there is a weird l episode in season three that is freaking fantastic um which i mean weird elf was quintessential 80s to me that's i mean he's he's now to me for god's sakes he just performed in our town a week ago so uh, did you go see him? i did not i i was oh what's wrong I was, with unfortunately, you unfortunately i was actually out of town when it was going <laughs> out. and all of a sudden i start seeing posts on facebook of the people that i work with are at the concert and i was like oh, no i'm missing this oh. yeah. so uh, that's... i do love me some weird now so that's that's too funny all right, folks, we are going to get the heck out of here. Uh, anything you have to promote or anything you want to bring up 
for anybody that may be listening? No. Um, you could find me here whenever Mike invites me to go do stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there'll be plenty of times in the future that that we will be using you. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I've been kind of uh, I've been in a career transition, so my life's been absolutely uh, pandemonium for the past year, and now it's getting to the point where I w- I want to make myself more available and get back into doing more podcasting because we've. We've been on like almost a year break now from uh, <laughs> from podcasting from the the Geek Cast uh, podcast, so um, it's uh, it's time to rip that bandaid off and and dust off the microphone and get back out and, there. So and I'm sure there are plenty of things we can talk about. Oh yes, I'm sure. oh yes. Not, not just I mean I know everyone loves Art and Mike and Sean and uh, and Joe over on the video game stuff, but there's I've been wanting to use use these guys. I mean Joe and I have been doing comic stuff for three four years now in the pullback with Turtles, so I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you guys will be hearing Art talk about in the near future. Oh yes. Thank you for joining us here on Remote Control. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on this and all of our other episode fo- episode posts. Wow, I can't talk tonight. Email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter at geekcastradio. Is the network Twitter minus TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? I'm at Art Danner on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Remote Control. and wish you'll join us next time when we will be talking about I have no idea what. So it's going to be a season pass. I know that. It's going to be a season of one show or another show or whatever else. I'm currently making my way through... Four of the five seasons of Person of Interest because there's only the four seasons out of the five on Netflix right now. So I'm currently in the middle of season three of Person of Interest from uh, from CBS. So there's that. Uh, for now, I am TFG and Mike with Art Danner. Tune in next time when we will all be fighting over the remote control. Can Michael Jackson moonwalk. After these messages. Hey, Dad Burnage. What's wrong? They left without again. What are you serving? Beans. What else? How about fruit flavors? Fruit? That's different. Come follow my nose. Got a nose big as Texas. It's always nose. Whoa, Kim on Fruit Loop cereal. With natural orange, lemon, and cherry flavors and a full day supply of vitamin C. Part of this complete breakfast. Well, little birdie, I'm making Fruit Loops my brand. And an Oreo cookie It's a bright idea to dunk it Or to crunch it Or unscrew it Or to lick it Or to trick it But no matter what you do It's true It's fun to munch A creamy, crunchy chocolate O-R-E-O Goes great with imagination Puts the yum in your creation Oreo and Oreo Double Stuff Cookies This is no ordinary sub shop This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that under-deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time, you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com.